Wow, Chip, that's your first Budweiser on air this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Not at all. But no. it is our first can open A&W Zero Sugar. Bud is not wiser. No, that's true. Wow. Hey, this is Chip and Eric reading through the Bible, season two. Yeah. This is episode January the 9th. That is what episode it is. January the 9th is Genesis 28 through Genesis 30. Does that mean it's day 9th? 28 10. This is day 9. Wow, we're almost done. Yeah, I know you say that every time. Yeah. I got asked yesterday if I'm true. going to say that every time. And oh, the really? answer is... Oh, no, don't. don't probably, commit. unless I forget. Don't commit. <laughs> wow. Hey, welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us today. Yeah. For all of you fans of Jerry Springer, you can uh, turn that off for now yeah, and please. tune into this Bible story, and then you won't want to go back because this is a good one. Is he even alive? Jerry Springer? Yeah. I don't know. But for all you fans of Maury Povich, I know he's alive. Yeah, he is alive. Yeah. Chip and I have both seen him in person. At different times? Yes. Yeah, we didn't go together. <laughs> you know that conference you thought we went to last yeah. year, everyone? That would have been crazy. Yeah. The lie detector determined that is a lie. It's a lie. It's She's a lie. not your father. Hey, you know what's great? What? Read the Bible. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'll say it now so I don't forget. We say share this with people all yeah. the time, and that's great. You should share it with people. But you know what else you could do? What? You could check in with people that you know started and make sure that they're keep it up yeah you know and if they're not get after them (laughs) tell them to binge it unfriend them on facebook oh man hit their mailbox with a baseball bat whatever wow you know in love though in love no but but i think that there is a certain appeal with this podcast in particular of having a community of believers who are reading the bible together and there's accountability that comes with that so check in check in with each other that's what i would say Someone did send me a tamarisk tree picture this morning. I Yes, I was shown one in person. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so it's definitely traveling out there. Yes. Good yes. stuff. We've got to get to it, Eric. We do. We really do. We do. So we're in Genesis 28, verse 10, I think. You're right. We're near there. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down on the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Then Jacob hurried to, uh, he hurried on 
Finally, arriving in the land of the east, he saw well in the distance three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was a custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We're from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor? He asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well, Jacob asked. Yes, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. Jacob said, Look! It's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and the goats so they can go back out to pasture? We can't water the animals until the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds then the shepherds, move from the stone from the mouth of the well, and we will water all the sheep and the goats. Jeopard, Jeopard, Jacob, <laughs> Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock, for she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and the goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel. What? Just some reading. Oh. Jacob kissed Rachel and he wept aloud. <laughs> yeah. Such a weird scene. Uh, he explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her aunt Rebecca. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard that his nephew Jacob had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob had told him the story, Laban exclaimed, You really are my own flesh and blood. It's just wild, right? Like, you're my cousin, kisses her, and then cries. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we saw that. So, it's so it's weird. Better than, better than Maury Povich. Better than Jerry. That's Jacob. what I'm saying. It's it's, it keeps back. getting better. It's getting better. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we're relatives. Hmm. Tell me how much your wages should be. Now, Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes. She was ugly. But Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. Surprise. Hello, honey. <laughs> what have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. I have worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It's not our custom here to marry off younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over. Then we'll give you Rachel too. Bonus. Provide you <laughs> promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Billah, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. Yum. Uh -huh. That's your favorite. I love Reuben's. For she said, the Lord has noticed my misery 
and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon. Hmm. For she said, the Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant for a third time and gave birth to another son. I thought she was the ugly one. He was named Levi. For she said, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. Once again, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah, for she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God, he asked? He's the one who has kept you from having children. Then Rachel told him, Take my maid, Billah, sleep with her. Oh, yeah, she'll build children for me, and through her I can have a family too. So Rachel gave her servant, Billa, to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Billa became pregnant, presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Billa became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. A second son. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister, and I'm winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore, so she took her servant Zilpha and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Soon, Zilpha presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, How fortunate I am! Then Zilpha gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, What joy is mine! Now the other women will celebrate with me. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Rachel begged Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah angrily replied, wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now you're going to steal my son's mandrakes too? (laughs) Rachel answered, well, I'm going to let Jacob sleep with you tonight if you give me some of my mandrakes. (laughs) Woohoo, baby. So evening as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet with him. You must come and sleep with me tonight, she said. Oh, man, I paid for you with some mandrakes that my son found. Man. So that night, he slept with Leah, and God answered Leah's prayers. She became pregnant again and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. She named him Issachar, for she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. She named him Zebulun, for she said... God has given me a good reward. Now my husband will treat me with respect, for I have given him six sons. Later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph. For she said, may the Lord add yet another son to my family. What a mess. Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you, and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, You know how hard I've worked for you, and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done, but now what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked. 
Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing. I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted along with all the black sheep. Give me, give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you've given me as my wages, you'll see that I've been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen from you. All night, or all right, Laban replied, it will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats and were streaked and spotted. All the female goats that were speckled and spotted had white patches and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons, who took them three days' journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed in care for the rest of Laban's flock. Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. For that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock. And at mating time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones, so the weaker lambs belonged to Laban. The stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female male servants, and many camels and donkeys. Why are female and male oh. servants listed right in the middle of that? Like, why sheep and goats first, and then human beings, and then camels and donkeys? That's a great question. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. I don't know. Speaking of great questions, Chip. Yeah. I've got a couple. Okay. What are they? First of all, what's Jacob's deal? Yeah. All right. I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. hey. Yeah. It is what it is. This would definitely be an R-rated movie. Yeah. yeah. Called The Man Drakes. Yes. Rated R. Yeah. The Man Drakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we burst up. Isn't it enough you stole my husband? You need to steal my yeah. mandrakes as well. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. That's brutal. Hey, here's two actual questions, though. Yes. What does this tell us about God, and what does this tell us about ourselves? And then bonus question, how do we live in light of those things? Yeah. Man, I... I think you almost have to start with what this tells us about us, right? Just how broken and imperfect... Hmm. these people are. God is going to be known for the rest of the Old Testament. I guess I'm answering this <laughs> as the yeah. God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like Jacob's name is indelibly linked to God. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is God's title, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yeah. all I'm seeing here is Jacob is a scumbag. He's a scumbag who robbed his brother twice. He's a scumbag who, yeah, okay, he got taken... For granted by Laban, for sure, he got taken well, advantage of. Or it could be a bad deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah but then, you know, like this, all these wives, like, you know. Why and, not? And That's probably what he's thinking. And then the kind of the, I know, again, Laban was being evil, but like, again, Jacob with his selective breeding of the, of the herds, like, just like this guy who's so broken and imperfect, and we're going to see kind of a, a little bit of a turnaround in his character too, yep. but like he's indelibly linked to God's title. And I think that that tells us like no matter, I, I don't know, like yeah. no matter how like either great we think we are or how miserable we think we are, like God is, is going to be 
God, no matter who we are. God is going to be God. And so I just think that like this just shows a lot of human brokenness. So that's yeah. what I'll say. What this tells us about us, we are tremendously broken people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're going to meet a lot of tremendously broken yeah. people in the Bible, like David mm-hmm. and others, uh, that have also messed up. Uh, and it just says, hey, we all are broken people in need of something beyond us. And that's what this whole book is about. Yeah, and we're going to get to the good stuff. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that, that is, that's great. Uh, what it tells us about God is that, you know, he works through the mess. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, yeah, in spite or despite or whatever you want to say about it, he, he works through the mess. And that's, again, this whole book is, is, is messy, you know. And I, that's what I love about the Bible is that there's, he, he doesn't hold back. Mm-hmm. He tells it like it is. And we see the mess. We see a dysfunctional family, dysfunctional relationships. It's God still work. He didn't say, oh, too bad. I'm done. Oh, okay. My plan's over. Mm-hmm. You messed it up. No, he, he works it all out. And late, we'll see that with Israel later. And, and, uh, and, and that's what I love about God. He has a grand story that we can't even fathom. Correct. And we do have a snapshot of it here, which is awesome. And that's what it tells me about God. He works through the mess. Not that we mess up on purpose. You know, okay, I'm going to mess up and see what God does. That's stupid. <laughs> um, but, you know, we are, we will make mistakes and have issues and we just trust God, you know. Yeah, and that's how we, we should live, trust. right? Like we, we create these messes and then God works in those messes. And so I think that like we can't just disqualify ourselves from God's plan and say like, well, I'm no good. And again, like you said, a lot of wisdom in that. It's not that we just go out and sin and do whatever we want mm-hmm. in spite of that. It's, you know, we, we try to live holy lives that represent who God is and who he's called us to be, especially as believers. You know, if you're not a believer, that's your first step, and that's who God wants you to be. But if you are a believer, it's not, you know, we don't just abuse grace so that, or we don't just keep sinning and abuse grace so that grace may abound. You know, we, we allow God to work in our mess. We don't disqualify ourselves, but we do strive always mm-hmm. to remain holy and accept the Holy Spirit's help in our lives to be, you know, who God has called us to be, like Christ. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Yeah, love All it. Right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today, and uh, make sure you get some mandrakes. Yeah, go grab some mandrakes. We're on sale at uh, Dylan's this week. Yeah, and you <laughs> never know if you you know you could get a lot for those if you decide to trade them out. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Just you know, be wise. Yeah, be wise. Okay, we gotta go. I don't think there's anything else to say. So you guys, not today. Have a good day. Not right now. Check in with each other. Make sure that we're all still reading and staying on track. And yes. we will see you guys tomorrow. All right, bye. bye.